Hello. Welcome to Tales of a Latin Mommy, the ultimate guide to rebuilding a financial foundation. The podcast that inspires you to change your relationship with money and motivates you to rebuild your financial foundation. I'm your host, Melanie Arce. Hola, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Tales of a Latin Mommy, a mommy's guide to rebuilding a financial foundation. Today's episode features Renee Schultz. She's a therapist and consultant in mental health. Now, I I know that I don't usually have monologues before an interview episode with a guest because usually I like the episode to speak for itself and I make the guest the sole star of the show. And then that's that's how I like to do podcasting when I'm when I'm speaking with a guest. But I felt like when I went back in post-production, I, I really wanted to share my testimony about the unique experience that I had you're going to hear in these next two episodes. So let me go back just a little bit, okay? I got into podcasting to fulfill a need to provide advice, resources, and accountability. And although I'm still new and building my platform, my guests, like I said, they always have a message for me to take as well. I think the best way to describe that is divine intervention at its finest. Really, I mean, there's no other way to put it because... The people I have encountered have all taught me something. And Renee is really no exception. All right. The thing about Renee, when I met Renee, we set up, we set up a Zoom to discuss the recording of the podcast itself. You know, and in hindsight, I wish I had recorded that pre-show call because I made a connection with her that would really change my life. When we first met, I was looking for mental health consultants because i what i understand about setting mindsets and especially about making big life changes according to money mindset i mean it's all psychological and it's all behavioral and i wanted to understand more about that so i said and i explained to her how she could help me she explained very succinctly to me her concept of policies and she explained what she was all about it was probably the most amazing experience of my life. No joke, honestly. Renee didn't sit down to convince me or sell me anything. Um, now, I'm a pretty spiritual person if you've been following along with the podcast so far. Had I heard the message before? Yes, probably. But this time, and this way, it sunk in and it stayed. And she did it in a non-judgmental way, a non-condescending, very open-minded, and so warm and approachable way. Again, I wish I could go back to share that pre-show call with you all because it changed my life. So you might hear the word adulting in the interview today but honestly that's my 
word for it. Renee doesn't put it like that. Like I told you, she is so approachable and non-judgmental. The best word for what Renee taught me is really proper self-love. That That's it in a nutshell. And for someone who is professed to be woke or spiritually inclined, it was amazing to me. Like I said, I'd probably heard it all before, but this time it sunk in and it really changed my life. I'll be sure to share more of her contact info at the end of each episode, but I just thought I would give my testimony of her message that just resonated so strongly while I was just innocently trying to serve my community. All right. So I hope you enjoy. Well, everybody, welcome back. Uh, This is part two of uh, another episode with Renee Schultz. This is Melanie Arce, your resident Latin mommy. And today uh, we're going to take a little turn here. Uh, I invited her on the show because I, I really needed to understand more about psychology behind behavior and why we do certain things that we do. And luckily, we met through, you know, certain podcasters sort of deals. And I'm just glad to say she's a friend now. But um, everybody, I hope you welcome Renee Schultz. She's blown my mind already. <laughs> I mean, we'll get into it, honestly, but a little more about Renee. Renee Schultz has over 20 years of leadership experience in the mental health field as a therapist, policymaker, and consultant. Her work in the public and private sectors has given her a unique understanding of the policy complexities in this area. Renee is nationally recognized for her expertise in behavioral health policy, system design, policy, and financial analysis and strategic consulting. As a consultant, she has worked with multiple states creating strategic plans, legislation, and regulations. Her newest project, Making Healthier Policies, is a course designed to teach others how to create healthy policy while navigating the hyperpartisan, overly political season. Hey, how you doing again there, Renee? Hi. I am so good. I'm so happy to be here, Melanie. Thank you for the invitation. This is going to be so much fun. I'm so excited. Yeah, it, it always is with you. I know that you're going to help so many people as well. I'm just hoping to circulate everything that I can for you, especially because you've helped me so much. Now, when I talked to you, uh, I was in dire need of more people because I, I, I don't understand behavioral things myself. And I'm not a psychologist, but I understand that there's a reason for everything that we do. So that plays a huge role in, for example, how the heck I spend money. (laughs) Right. Right. And I mean, let's, let's just, if you could go ahead and explain into more detail, uh, your process and what you do with people. And then 
we'll get to the awesomeness that is Renee Schultz. Okay. (laughs) Well, you're so fun. Thank you so much. So yeah, so what I work on is really thinking about policies. And a lot of times people think policy and they're like, what in the world is a policy? But you actually live by policies, whether it's in your own home or it's in business or maybe where you work or it's in your community or in your state. You all have rules and laws that we live by. And we don't always think about them as policies, but the reason you should consider them as policies is because you can change them. And sometimes we made a rule once upon a time because we did something one time that didn't work out a long time ago and I'm never gonna do blank again. And you live by that policy, that rule, and we can change it. And so when we were talking, I know before, we were talking some about some of those things that we can just change uh, because you know if you've been in a relationship with someone else, they may have had rules of how you had to do things. And now that if you're in a different space, you don't have to. And so thinking about how to make those changes. And then the other piece that I do is teach people how to do that from a healthy space so that we are healthy as people, working with other people to make the best choices we can to benefit the most good. Sometimes some of those rules and policies are made under the dark of night without a lot of public input. And those typically turn out really bad. And so how do we help people you know, just make decisions smarter and to be healthy when we do it is sort of the process. Right, right. Now, the first time, excuse me, the first time that I heard policy, I was like, whoa, what is, what is she talking about? And just to make it like as clear as possible, it's just, it's just setting a specific boundary between uh, you all and Renee and I, <laughs> I didn't know how to do adulting until I met her. It was mind blowing just how she managed to change like personal boundaries into an official term like policies. And it made adulting more defined for me. So I was wondering if you could share with us also what your definition is of adulting or self-love, as you put it. What I see being an adult is really thinking about, okay, what are the the rules, the, the culture that I live in and does it work for me? And if it doesn't work for you, you know, knowing that you have the power to make that different. And so like some of the things we were talking about is, you know, you may always eat at a certain time of day because that's just always when the family did, but you may not be hungry at that time of day. Well, you don't have to, you can be like, you know, this isn't working for us. It doesn't work for our family. And so you and your kids can sit and have a conversation about what would work better and change it. And sometimes we just don't even think about it because it's been that way for so long that you just don't even think that that's something that can change. But there's so many things in life that you can just do different uh, because you don't have to do it the way you always have. And so this sort of, as a, as a home and a family, thinking through what are the things that we've always done because we've always done it, and can you change it? And a lot of times the answer is yes. Right, right. Along those lines, I know I've been thinking about certain ways that I spend money. And I, I'm not going to say which parent, (laughs) but I know that um, I, Mm -hmm. I sort of had this like abundance mindset. Like, you know, I can replace whatever I spend and I can have whatever I want to have, but that isn't realistic. It's not. And it's not valuing who you are, not in 
in the greater scheme of things. So after I, I talked to you and I met you and we spoke about policies, really policies are all about honoring who you are. I mean, really not just, it's not about owning things or the materialistic. It's about really honoring yourself and who you want to be. And so is there any advice you could give to people who are stubborn and maybe like myself who find it hard to set these boundaries for themselves, set these policies? So you really have to decide what it is that you want, right? And so it is your money. It is your choice. And you have to always remember that, right? And so you have that power, no matter if you choose to spend it today or save it up to buy something bigger later, but you kind of have to decide what is right. more important to you. And so you're really, this is a really great mm -hmm. conversation because it when it comes to finances and money, you have to decide is the new purse today better than, you know, saving it up for a trip to the beach with my kids. And only, you know, the answer to that, right? I don't get to judge whether you like this versus that. So it's all a hundred percent your choice. And I think realizing that you have that ownership really puts that, makes you feel more empowered because if you need the purse today and want the purse today, absolutely go get it. But if you're like, you know what, maybe I don't, and maybe I'd rather spend it this other way. Great. Do it that way. But there's nobody sitting out there really kind of judging how you do this. And I think that's where we've got kind of messed up because we went through parents and school and everybody was telling you what to do, telling you what to do, telling you what to do. But when you become a grown up, technically, as long as you stay within the bounds of paying your taxes and some of those other big laws, you kind of get to do what you want. And so then it's like, okay, it seems like it's too many choices for people because then there's too much freedom. So you just have to sit down and think, okay, what is it? If I'm going to save up money, do you want a big savings account? Do you want a better house? Do you want a different car? What is it that you want? And if you don't want those things, then maybe you want to be able to live today to get your coffee and the donut that you want every day. And that's how you prefer to live life. Awesome. There's nobody out there. There's no uh, money spending police saying do this or do that. So you have to decide that's where the policies and the boundaries come in because a boundary, you can set it and say, you know what? It's, I'm going to drink coffee at home for this next year because I'm going to save that money that I'm getting paying down the street for X. And then you can make that boundary that you can change again if you don't like it. But you can set the boundary and be like, you know what? I'm not going to buy coffee out for a year and see how much money I can save because I want to spend it on something bigger. And then you can choose. And then you put that boundary and the boundary then makes sense to you. So for stubborn people, it has to make sense, right? Not just some rule somebody else made. You have to decide for you that it makes sense that you need this new car next year. And so then the boundary, then you're like, oh, well, I can set a boundary. I don't need Starbucks today because I can save my money for a car. But for stubborn people, you have to own that, right? And not have somebody tell you what to do. It's more like, this is what I want to do. And I'll be proud if I buy this kind of car or whatever. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Right. It's so true. I think for me, since learning your whole concept of policies a couple of days ago, when I was listening to some other motivational speaker and it, it it dawned on me, you know, it, it was, it was that synchronicity of listening to you talk about setting policies. And then that idea that your self-worth 
is tied to your personal wealth. I, I don't have savings. I don't, I'm not think. I'm not doing what I need to do for myself. You know, I'm not taking good care of myself by not saving and by not doing all the adult things that I have to do. Suddenly, you know, all the guilt set in and I was thinking all these awful things that, you know, a single mom shouldn't because I'm out there hustling and I'm doing the best that I can. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't value all of the things that I have accomplished. And then I started dumping on myself for things that I hadn't accomplished. But for someone who, like myself, who has never really had that sort of guidance on self-love, how do I move forward with all of this new information? These are some great questions. Well, for you to realize that saving money is a form of self-care, that's a huge aha because it really, it, that really can be. Now, that may not be for everybody, but it is, you know, if you have some money in the bank where you can do a bigger splurge on something or protect yourself in case you had, you know, a, a bigger illness where you had, you know, big hospital bills came in, but having that assurance and protection in the bank helps a couple of things. One, it, I don't know so much about connecting it to your self-worth as I do connecting it really to your confidence and how secure that you can feel in the world knowing that you have a little cushion, right? And so then if you've got a job that's a bad situation and you needed to walk away for a reason, you'd have a little cushion in the bank so you could, right? And so it gives you choices and options is what money does. Money doesn't buy you happiness, but it does give you options in life, but it's a longer term goal. And so sometimes it's harder to think about that because you're thinking about, you know, well, I can just get this right now which you can see today. And the other may take a while to see it. So it gets a little harder. So some of the suggestions that I would have in that space is to figure out how can you visually help yourself see your savings account growing? You know, there's all kinds of apps online you can get where you could actually transfer so many dollars a day or something. So you could just watch your balance grow. And maybe you're a person that needs to see the little nest egg get bigger. And so that you could see progress, you know, for thinking about like video games, if you're a person that thinks like that, where you like to hear the cha-ching and you like to see the numbers grow big, there are now apps that you can get on your phone to help you with that with savings. And so it becomes like a game and you kind of gamify it. And so then, you know, you can even make it so you save X amount of dollars and then this happens, you get some sort of a reward when every time you hit whatever. And, you know, lots of people are built like that. So like even your convenience store, you probably have rewards at your convenience store. You buy the fifth drink and it's free or whatever. So that's a reward system. They're trying to say, hey, come back here five times in a row and then we'll give you something free. Well, for yourself, you may need to say, okay, I'm not doing any personal spending until I hit $100. And then every time I hit $100, I get to have a coffee or whatever so that you get a treat. And so it keeps you wanting to keep going. But, it, you know, that's the part about being the adult, though, is you get to pick. There's no right way to do it. So what, what matters to you is what matters. And so, and to your kids. And so you might have a family conversation about, you know, what could we save up money to do as a group? If, if we work together on this, what could we do? And that's a, as an adult, you can totally do that and be like a family we're all going to go to Disney World if we do this together. And so then they know that they're not asking mom for money all the time because we're all working on this goal together. 
right? So there's a lot of ways you can. You just have to decide, first of all, the big thing, and you just did that. So big congratulations. You just realized for yourself that that's an important thing that you want to try to do. So wait, pat yourself on the back. Lots of people never figured that out. So that's a huge, that's a huge win. And then the next is, what do I want to try? And then you have to sort of try it because some people need something more visual. Some people don't. Some people can put a, a big vacation several years out and that's okay and they can work toward it. Other people need rewards faster. So you just have to know what works for you. Thank you. Well, I'm curious though, Renee. I mean, tell me a little bit more about yourself. How did how did you get to where you are? Because I I just, I look at you and I'm like, she has her shit together. <laughs> and I'm like, I want to be like Renee. Oh, well, thanks. <laughs> oh, you're so sweet. I have had a lot of not, not together through the years to get to together. So, um, yeah, there's a lot of the, had to go through a lot of rough stuff to get to where I am today. Um, I have, uh, I have lost two elections. I was a public official. I've been fired twice. One job, I never even showed up the first day and they gave me severance for never coming in the door. And so, and, and most of that's pretty public in the newspaper. So it's been kind of brutal. But one of the big things that I've done um, through the year is just remaining optimistic and continuing to grow forward. I mean, it's never, you're never perfect. And so every day I try to learn and grow and do something different. And so one of the things I've always tried is to have something new to learn. And so like creating this new work that I'm doing now with making health policies healthier, that's been a funny story. I sat around 10 years, no longer elected, waiting for somebody else to figure this stuff out. And I never saw it happen. So then I'm like, huh, maybe I should teach it. And so, but it took, you know, me sitting around going, okay, who else is going to do it for a very long time before I was like, huh, maybe I'm supposed to. So it, it was slow, slow. But, you know, now that I got it, I'm like, well, maybe I should do this, you know, so it took some time, but, you know, you really just have to decide what it is you want. Um, the other thing about me, I have never really had a job for three to four years um, that I didn't quit. I got bored, would move on. And so consulting is my favorite job I've ever had because it's always different. And so you just have to find what works for you. The bio and the Facebook page are the highlight reels. They make you look great, but there's a whole lot of bull below it. And so I have a lot of other stuff too. And we'd be happy to chat about all of it at some point if you want. Messed up family and all. So I'd be happy to share more. Oh, well, I know I'm like ready to sign up because I mean, you and I, <laughs> you know, you and I are I close now. I feel like she's so much fun, honestly. And she's so easy to talk to folks. I guess the thing that you really have to know about Renee is like, she's just so warm when you talk to her. But the thing that is just like, just the cherry on top is just how approachable you are, you know? And of course you have all this great experience being a therapist and what have you. What what advice would you give somebody who is looking for a consultant, Renee? Mm. Well, it really depends what you're trying to accomplish, right? And so there's a couple really big tips because I've done this completely wrong. But make sure they have a life that you want. I've never listened to advice from people who don't live a life that you would trade for. Never. So if they are a coach, there's everybody in the world right now wants to call themselves a coach. You know, make sure that they actually have done something, 
that you want to do, right? I mean, we get like, they just decide they're a coach and there's no like license or certification for that most of the time. It's just, hey, I decided I wanted to be this. And that can get you down the wrong path. You could end up paying for something where, you know, you they don't deliver what they've promised, right? So you've got to look at people's track records. And then the other thing I've noticed is that if you only see the positive side um, and that's what you see in the press and you only see that, then chances are good that they've really scrubbed that background and really only want you to see the positive and you're not going to see their failures. And I'd be really leery about that because the person you want to work with needs to be authentic and real. And none of us have our shit together. And some of us have better days than others, but we don't all have it together. And anybody that tells you different is lying or they're Jesus and that's it. So um, last I knew he's not hanging out right now on earth with us. So all the rest of them are full of baloney. And so we just have to know that you got to look for a real person. And so one more tip on that is you're not ever going to find one person that does everything you need in your life. I thought a long time ago that I'd find a mentor that would help me in every area of my life or a therapist or a counselor or whatever. And I've not found that to be true. What I found is like, if I'm working on building my business, then I need somebody that's kind of a really good business coach. And if I'm working on being more patient and being more loving, then I need somebody really more in the spiritual direction or in, you know, that guides me there, but I'm not going to find a human who is perfect. And we shouldn't be expecting that of people. And that has really made a difference because then I look for, okay, this season I want to learn this. And so I'm going to work with this person to get me there. And then I'll decide if I need to find somebody else to get me to the next step. That's how I've gone about that. And it has been a lot more successful when you just kind of do, what do they have that I really want to learn from them and then choose to work with them and move on. Right. Right. Wow. So from like adulting and saving money and stuff, Dave Ramsey is one of the best out there for finances and has some real practical tips about you know, you have to buy into his way of thinking and you may not like his way of thinking. So there's going to be other choices, but he's one that has a really good plan. And it's all about, you know, paying off a debt and then doubling down to continue to pay off the next debt. And he really has some strategies there. So if it's a debt type situation or a financial wealth situation, find somebody you agree with. There's also lots of other people that are out there. I wouldn't go after the ones that are the getting rich quick kind of stuff that doesn't work so well. So don't like, don't get suckered into that kind of stuff, but you know, there's different people to look at. So you just have to kind of find one, see if you, you resonate with how they speak, if they feel like their connection to you, or, or if you're like, that's irritating. I don't like their voice. I don't like, you know, cause you're not going to follow them if you're like, yeah. So you just have to keep looking. <laughs> so, you know, the way, the way I say it is this, you know, you have a goal, so pick whatever goal it is, and then you can change the strategy as many times as you have to, to get to the goal but you just don't give up on your dream or your goal. So if your goal is to lose weight, you can try this way. It doesn't work. Try that way. It doesn't work. You just keep trying, but you don't give up on losing weight. You just keep looking until you find the thing that fits. Same with money, finances, adulting, all those things. You keep changing and find the next person that can help in your journey and you'll be successful. You just do it one step at a time. Right. Right. Oh my gosh. So, so, I mean, there are people out there who can help. That's the whole that's the whole idea behind all of this. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. That's really true. And so you just have to decide. And what, what's going to be hard is because you're going to feel like I've done a thousand things wrong. 
You can't fix a thousand things. So pick one domino, the lead one that you think if I fixed this, it would probably impact and fix the next three or four or five things. And so pick whatever the big one is and you work with a coach or a strategist on that one thing. And then as it topples, it'll start fixing several other things, right? So if you have debt or if you, you know, can't make your house payment or whatever, maybe figuring out how to save money starts fixing several other things or, you know, stopping spending at Starbucks maybe fixes several things. And so pick the thing that kind of leads it. And then you just do one at a time. And so I'm a huge planner. I, I use quarterly planning and I have three goals that I work on for 90 days. And then I move to the next ones and I move to the next ones because you can't focus on everything at once. But if you look back though, if I do that at 93 for a month or three for three months, three for three months, at the end of a whole year, I have 12 goals that I have made progress on. And that looks like a lot. And if you do that for five years, then I'm out to, what is that 12 times five, I'm up to 60 goals. That's a lot. But it all takes, it looks like a little bit day at, day, day at a time. But when you start compounding it, it's like interest, right? You compound your interest and the next thing you know, you've got all this more, more money. Same thing happens with goals. You just start one at a time and then you kind of build them as you go. So how do I keep myself from beating myself up for, for only getting the little stuff done? Because I mean, I've heard other advice where people are like, do the hard thing first. You don't have to. So first of all, I mean, really, you have to celebrate how far you've come. You know, I know a little bit about your background and I know now you are a single mom. That by itself is hard. And if anybody doesn't tell you that that's hard, they're crazy. And so that's hard. And so it's supposed to, that's not supposed to be piece of cake. And so anybody on Instagram that makes it look easy is lying and it, there's real stuff behind that, right? And so, you know, it is difficult. And so you have to just say, you know what, this isn't supposed to be really easy. And so how do I just make progress? And again, if you pick what's progress to you, and maybe, you know, today you don't buy coffee and that's progress. And tomorrow you start again and you don't buy coffee tomorrow, then that's two days of progress. You know, I mean, it can be as simple as let's just don't do this one thing. And when we were talking boundaries, I know I was talking things about like eating things that I can't stop eating. And, you know, yesterday I had one Reese's peanut butter cup. So far I've only had one, but you know, I got to work on that because sometimes I eat a lot of them when I start <laughs> and that's a boundary. So I had one. And so I'm like, let's see what happens. Yeah. I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> so far it's only one, but we'll see. So, you know trying to still work on it you know oh. it's that work in progress thing yeah oh Renee I you know I this is what I really love about you too I mean you make everything really practical for me I you know I can't think of anybody else to go to honestly when I'm talking or thinking about adulting like what would Renee do what what would Renee do here oh my goodness <laughs> no seriously I've never even thought about teaching adulting <laughs> I will have to have more conversations. Well, that's how my this. mind broke it down. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Well, I can't wait to hear about what this. I'm excited to hear more. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. So thanks so much, Renee. Awesome. I'm excited to have done this. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks again for listening. This was Chart Your Course with Renee Schult on Tales of a Latin Mommy. If you'd like to know more about Renee, you can find her on the internet at ReneeSchult.org. You can also find her Facebook group called Self-Care for Professionals. You can also find her on Twitter at the handle at Renee Schult.
And for more information on Tales of a Latin Mommy, you can find me, Melanie RC, on Facebook, Instagram, and now Twitter at the handle Mommy Tales of a, as well as my website, talesofalatinmommy.com or aventurastalesofalatinmommy.com. Thanks again for listening, everybody. Bye-bye.